Hello, and welcome to the New Mexico Autism Project podcast for educators. These podcasts, as well as our online training series, have been developed by the University of New Mexico Center for Development and Disability in collaboration with the New Mexico Public Education Department as a resource for educators who would like to learn more about evidence-based practices for working with students diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. We hope that you enjoy this series, and if you have any questions about these resources or how we may support your school district through the NMPED Autism Project, please contact me, Patrick Blevins, at the email address shown on the slide or call the UNM CDD at 505-272-3000. Welcome to this series of podcasts on evidence-based practices sponsored by the New Mexico Public Education Department and presented by the Autism and Other Developmental Disabilities Division of the Center for Development and Disability. I am Marianne Trott. I am your host for this podcast. I have been a teacher for many, many years, and I'm a board-certified behavior analyst. Before we get to the content of each podcast, it's really important that you know what evidence-based practices are, and you've probably heard this many times, uh, but here is a a summary of uh, evidence-based practices again. An evidence-based practice is an instructional or intervention procedure or set of procedures for which researchers have provided an acceptable level of research that shows the practice produces positive outcomes for children, youth, and or adults with ASD. So evidence-based depends on the research, and that's from the Autism Professional Development Center. However, the research then has to be integrated with clinical expertise in the context of patient or student characteristics, culture, and preferences in order to make decisions about the use of evidence-based practices. And that's from the National Institutes for Health. So what that is saying is that uh, while the research is very important, it also needs to be integrated with your expertise and the uh, characteristics, culture, and preferences, both yours, the students, and the families. Some evidence-based practices focus on the reduction or elimination of behaviors that interfere with a student's ability to participate in school, home, and community settings. Today, we're going to be talking about one of those interventions. Extinction is a strategy based on applied behavior analysis, and it's used to reduce or eliminate unwanted behavior. The definition is that extinction is withdrawing or terminating the positive reinforcer that maintains an inappropriate interfering behavior. So that is um, the, the formal definition, and hopefully we'll be able to clarify that through some conversation here. Joining us today to talk about extinction is Yunji Young. Yunji, please introduce yourself and tell us about your experiences in working with challenging behaviors. Sure. Hi, my name is Yunji Zhang. I'm a board-certified behavior analyst and a postdoctoral fellow for special education and applied behavior analysis program at University of New Mexico. I worked as a special education teacher for about 10 years in South Korea. 
I had training in applied behavior analysis through uh, my master course and doctor course. And I used applied behavior analysis practices, including extinction in school settings as a special education teacher. After I became a BCBA during my doctoral course, I supervised graduate students who pursue BCBA and those who do field work in schools for alternative teaching licensure. During this supervision, I observed the challenging behaviors in schools and suggested some behavior interventions, including extinction, and provided follow-up. So uh, extinction is a really very useful strategy, uh, but it certainly is not the only one that we use in, in challenging behavior, working with challenging behaviors. And we also sometimes use strategies together. Uh, so thinking about um, your experience in using extinction, what other kinds of strategies do you use in combination with extinction? Uh, extinction is a way of decreasing challenging behavior, but it doesn't teach appropriate behavior that replaces the challenging behavior. For this reason, if you use extinction by itself, you could see decrease in a targeted problem behavior, but you are likely to see a new form of problem behavior. Uh, uh, for example, if Jamie, Jamie, let's say Jamie is not allowed to avoid the task by leaving her seat, uh, for example, teachers say you cannot leave the classroom until you finish the task. She may get out of the classroom without permission. Just like this example, the form of problem behavior could become more dangerous when you place some behavior on extinction without having additional interventions. For this reason, I recommend combining extinction and differential reinforcement of alternative behavior. I would say DRA as abbreviation of differential reinforcement of alternative behavior um, from now on. When you combine extinction with DRA, students would gain their functional reinforcers using appropriate behavior and would not access functional reinforcers using problem behavior. This way, students are likely to use socially appropriate behavior to access what they want. And so when you talk about using uh, differential reinforcement of an alternative behavior, uh, is that uh, what uh, teachers often refer to or behavior analysts refer to as teaching a replacement behavior? Oh, yes, sure. Uh, DRA could uh, include DRI, which is differential reinforcement of incompatible behavior. So it could be uh, uh, just some behavior that uh, cannot occur at the same time together with uh, uh, challenging behavior. Uh, so let's say if the challenging behavior is out of seat behavior, then in seat behavior would be uh, uh, the uh, incompatible behavior. But there are another way of implementing differential reinforcement alternative behavior, which is uh, using uh, reinfor uh, provide reinforcement contingent on behavior that serve the same function as, uh, as the challenging behavior. So, yeah. yeah, and I, I often say that you can't, uh, you can't uh, get rid of a behavior uh, mm -hmm. without replacing it. And, and you said that too, that you need to, to uh, replace it with uh, something appropriate or it'll just come back in a worse way. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. So um, in thinking about um, extinction, um, would you, I, I think it's easy 
to think of extinction as just ignoring a behavior and hoping that it'll go away. I mean, sometimes we, we say that, oh, ignore it and it'll go away. Um, but that's not always the case with extinction. It's not always just ignoring. So would you first talk a little bit about uh, the functions of behavior or why it is that we behave in the ways that we do, and then talk a little bit about how extinction uh, relates to the functions of behavior. Sure. People use certain behavior to get access to something they like. Uh, for example, my husband barely danced at home before uh, our baby was born, but these days he dances a lot because my little daughter laughs whenever he is dancing. He loves hearing her laughing sound. In this case, I could say his dancing behavior occurs to get access to my baby's laughing sound. <laughs> On the other hand, people use some behavior to avoid something that they don't like. Just like when you hear an alarm sound, you push a stop button because you don't want to hear the sound. In classroom setting, task demands could be common things that students want to avoid. Let's say whenever a math worksheet is given to Jamie in class, she leaves her seat and wanders around the classroom. And the teacher sent her to the school principal's office whenever this behavior occurred. In this case, Jamie successfully escaped from the test demand using RFC behavior. If this pattern is repeated, we could hypothesize the function of Jamie's RFC behavior is to avoid math test demands. Generally, there are four behavior functions. To gain self-stimulation, this is also known as automatic reinforcement. To gain preferred activities or tangible items, to gain attention and to escape or avoid something aversive, such as escape from a test demand, attention from other people or a particular person and a certain sensory stimuli. Stimuli that are included in these functions are uh, like um, attention, escape sensory are called functional reinforcers. It is important to note that one behavior can serve multiple functions such as escape from a test demand and uh, teacher attention. Extinction is a way of making problem behavior ineffective by withholding all delivery of uh, functional reinforcers when the individual shows problem behavior. In other words, we inhibit a particular problem behavior from fulfilling its function. In Jamie's case, extinction would be the intervention that makes Jamie unable to avoid the task demand using the problem behavior. For example, when Jamie leaves her seat in the math class, teacher redirects her to be seated and encourage or support her to do the given task until she completes it. In this way, Jamie's out of seat behavior would not make her avoid the task. Oh, that's, that's really a great summary. And uh, you mentioned that some behaviors are, uh, have uh, multiple reinforcers. And, and you mentioned uh, Jamie um, getting um, 
wandering up, wandering around the room in order to not do her math and being sent to the principal's office. So uh, she's not only escaped, but then she's also uh, been reinforced with attention from whoever she meets in the hall and probably the principal's secretary and uh, whatever else is, is going on in the office, which can be pretty exciting for kids. So uh, that that really is an important uh, uh, thing to remember. So going ahead with that example, um, so what if the teacher just decided, okay, well, I'm going to uh, extinguish the wandering around the classroom behavior, and I'm just going to ignore it. Uh, how do you think that would work? And uh, what, again, you know, we talked about uh, combinations of interventions. How will it work if the teacher just ignores her wandering around the classroom? And what uh, other intervention might you use with that particular behavior? If the function of wandering around behavior is uh, to escape from a math task uh, and teacher ignore Jamie that behavior, then um, Jamie is still successfully uh, avoiding the task because while she's wandering around in the classroom, teacher ignores that she doesn't have to do the task. And uh, if uh, the if the behaviors of the behavior occurs to get teacher attention, that ignoring maybe um, maybe extinction, but I don't really recommend using ignoring for attention seeking behavior in class because it could uh, make uh, students use uh, more. Um, disruptive behavior, like different ways of getting teacher attention. And uh, while she's doing, while the student is doing so, she uh, lose the opportunity of uh, learning. Right. Uh, and uh, that, that actually leads into another question. And we, we may circle back to some of these other functions of behavior as to, as to how you might, whether extinction is a good strategy and how you might uh, use it. But you said in this case, uh, the um, uh, escape from the work, uh, ignoring that, just letting it go, is probably not going to be an effective strategy because the student is being reinforced uh, by not having to do the work, uh, and all she has to do is wander around the classroom, and she probably is being reinforced not only from escaping from the work, but also from um, getting the attention of her peers or, or whatever. So um, what strategy would you use in that case? Uh, I think I've already shared uh, how to implement extinction in this case. I would uh, recommend a uh, teacher provide uh, different levels of prompts like verbal prompts or physical guidance for uh, Jamie to complete the task or provide some peer mentor uh, for her to finish uh, the uh, class task. Uh, and if the behavior is to gain teacher attention, I would recommend uh, non-contingent reinforcement, which is provide teacher attention regardless of the behavior, like every five minutes or 10 minutes, just shortly uh, um, pat her back or just say, are you doing okay? Something like that, just to give some, um, invest some 
uh, short time to give attention for Jamie, then Jamie doesn't have to uh, use the challenging behavior to gain teacher attention. Great, and so that that's a really good uh, combination of, um, of strategies in that, you know, not providing attention for the behavior that you don't want, but making sure that you provide lots of attention otherwise. Is that essentially what you're saying? Yes, right. Mm -hmm. um, so how about um, other kinds of behaviors? We talked about escape behaviors, uh, that that's the extinction is probably not uh, a best uh, strategy, uh, except um, talk a little bit about how escape extinction might work in that case. The function is escape. Mm -hmm. uh, how is it that you don't allow a child to escape? How is it that you extinguish the escape behavior? So mm -hmm. essentially you're working on escape extinction. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So um, uh... Uh, some research show that uh, escape extinction uh, would involve uh, different ways of uh, providing um, help for students to uh, finish some tasks or um, I'm, I'm talking about escape from a task demand. Uh, and uh, first redirection uh, from the challenging behavior and uh, last student to engage in uh, the um, uh, assigned uh, task in class, uh, but, um, but uh, teachers should provide uh, certain support for the student to complete the task. And uh, if that uh, escape from uh, attention is the uh, behavior function, then um, we can simply uh, um, uh, let student to avoid uh, certain people, certain persons' uh, attention uh, using uh, physical distance. I don't know if this is the right way. Uh, but, yeah, you're given yeah. some great ideas. Yeah, I think some students, uh, you know, students could uh, um, not want to uh, get teacher attention. So whenever teacher gives certain attention, uh, students can show some problem behavior. In that case, teacher, um, uh, rather than teacher give attention, uh, that teacher, not that teacher, another teacher uh, give attention to facilitate the students learning or use of other students. Um, it, th that's a, a great answer, Yunji. I appreciate it. How would you um, maybe use extinction for, uh, oh, you know, we think about um, kids going, little little kids or, or, you know, other kids going to the grocery store and uh, having a big fit because they want something that's in the grocery store and um, mom maybe eventually uh, gives in <laughs> just in order to uh, stop the the tantrum or whatever behavior is going on. So how would you think about using extinction when the function is access to tangibles? Um, first, ex uh, just to stick to the definition of extinction, we should not give reinforcement when uh, the little child shows tantrum or uh, different ways of uh, challenging behavior. Uh, this is hard because 
when you use the extinction in the beginning, you will see um, um, much more uh, frequent uh, behavior occurrence. We call it uh, extinction burst. So maybe um, let's say a child uh, cried a lot more than usual when you don't give uh, the toy or when you don't give chocolate in the store, if that's what uh, the child want. But uh, if you are consistent uh, for the um, intervention implementation, then uh, it will go down. So, I mean, um, you don't uh, provide uh, uh, reinforcement when uh, children show uh, problem behavior. That's extinction uh, for uh, tangible uh, access to tangible item, maintain the problem behavior. Uh, but uh, again, I recommend, I don't recommend using extinction itself. So um, I, if I have to provide intervention for uh, that behavior, I would uh, combine extinction with uh, DRA. Uh, that could be uh, like uh, when a child uh, requests the item uh, uh, socially appropriate way, uh, like a can I have or um, uh, using some picture card. If the child use picture card for communication, then I will provide that item. Uh, so uh, basically we, re we reinforce socially appropriate behavior uh, for getting access to uh, the desired item, but we don't provide uh, reinforcement uh, when child use uh, uh, challenging behavior. Great examples, um, and we have we have another podcast on functional communication, uh, mm -hmm. which is often one of those strategies that we teach with a differential reinforcement of other or an alternative behavior is a communication strategy. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, I, you know, just thinking about the child in the grocery store, um, you know, I remember uh, many years ago with my own children, uh, the, um, the strategy was, you know, the, here are the behavioral expectations while we're in the store. And then at the end, you may choose a box of cereal or you may choose uh, uh, to have some gum or something like that. So uh, kind of teaching kids to wait is often a strategy as well. Um, so um, I think, and uh, let's, let's talk just a little bit about automatic behaviors and whether or not extinction, uh, how would you extinguish an automatic behavior if you could? And uh, is that the best strategy with uh, behaviors that have an, an automatic function? I never used extinction for uh, challenging behavior that uh, is maintained by automatic reinforcement. It's like the the term itself shows automatic, meaning uh, self-provided uh, reimbursement. So we cannot uh, provide that because we are not the child. Uh, uh, so in that case, uh, um, I read some research that used compatible uh, stimuli rather than self uh, um, stimuli provided by the um, provided by the child. For example, uh, we provide uh, we test or we assess which items a uh, child like most, and we use that item uh, 
to uh, reduce uh, challenging behavior that is maintained by automatic reinforcement. Mm, uh, so uh, in that case, I would say uh, non-contingent reinforcement using uh, compatible, uh, not com compatible, I I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, some stimuli that compete uh, the uh, uh, stimuli that uh, uh, maintain the challenging behavior. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes great mm -hmm. sense. I have always found it very difficult to um, to use uh, extinction with um, automatic or sensory related behaviors. So it's best to uh, use a, a again a differential alternative, uh, a differential reinforcement of an alternative or an incompatible, or um, you know find uh, some other kind of sensory stimulation that is more appropriate and yet similar to uh, what the student is providing for uh, himself or herself. Um, so uh, yeah, those are those are great answers, and we've really touched on the answers to this question uh, kind of briefly, but I, I want to uh, maybe get a little more specific for our listeners about the best times to use extinction. When is a, what, are, what are really good behaviors where we at least start with extinction? And then um, the other part of that is, are there uh, times when extinction should not be used at all? Uh, so if you can uh, maybe answer those about using extinction in a really positive way in the classroom, and then at times when extinction is not a good idea. Okay. Uh, so the best time to use extinction is the time when you are really sure about the behavior function. And uh, the behavior function is um, escape or attention. That's an uh, easy way to extinguish the behavior uh, um, using uh, extinction. So uh, when students um, use some challenging behavior to gain teacher attention or to gain peer attention or to uh, escape from test demand, I uh, think uh, extinction is a good time to be implemented. And, uh, and also it should be combined with this, uh, some reinforcement system. But there are some times uh, um, extinction is not the best uh, intervention. Uh, I would say um, uh, we should not use extinction for dangerous behavior, such as self-injurious behavior, aggressive behavior, property destruction that is maintained by attention. This is because you could violate one of the ethical principles do no harm. We should not withdraw our attention on any harm to other people. So we should not use extinction for this um, attention maintained um, aggressive or dangerous behavior. Uh, when you use extinction, frequency of behavior would initially increase a lot more than usual. I've already shared this uh, uh, term. Uh, we call this uh, phenomena uh, uh, extinction burst. Over time, the frequency decreases. However, again, we should not harm other people, even for educational or therapeutic purpose. If we use extinction for a dangerous behavior that is maintained by extinction, we will see a lot of harms for the person or people around the, per around the person in the beginning. So I don't think um, uh, extinction is the best uh, procedure for attention maintained uh, dangerous behavior. 
I, I totally agree, and I, you you uh, said exactly what I was what I was thinking, and I, I also wanted you to talk a little bit about extinction burst because what I often hear from teachers is, oh, I, I tried to ignore it, but it just got worse. And um, I think our listeners really need to be aware that that is uh, a real danger with extinction. It it will work. Uh, it will work even better when you combine it with another strategy, uh, but you may you must be prepared for the extinction burst. And as you say, if it's a, a behavior that's harmful to the student or to others in the environment, it's just probably not even a good idea to, to try to use it at all. Uh, so you're going to use those replacement behaviors. And there's one other thing I know that um, happens sometimes with extinction, uh, it, and that is uh, something that's called spontaneous recovery. Uh, would you talk a little bit about that as well? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, so when you implement the extinction and uh, after the extinction burst, you will see a consistent decrease uh, problem behavior. But at some point, you may see a reoccurrence of challenging behavior. So in that case, we say that's the spontaneous recovery. But it, regardless of that reoccurrence, uh, you consistently implement extinction, then the, uh, uh, the frequency of behavior decrease again. So if, when you see spontaneous recovery, then uh, please don't stop implementing extinction. That means you, um, so when you see that, then you are implementing extinction very well. And uh, over time, just to consistently implement the intervention, then you will see decrease uh, again the behavior. Yes, that is really one of the difficulties with extinction is that when it's working, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you're going to uh, see either the extinction burst, you will see the extinction burst, or you will see a spontaneous recovery. And, and as you said, that is not the time to give up. That is the um, time to remain really consistent and um, perhaps provide a little bit stronger reinforcement with your uh, whatever kind of differential reinforcement that, that you are using. I think we have uh, covered quite a bit about extinction. Are there other things that you think uh, that particularly classroom teachers should think about in using extinction? I think it's really important that they understand what it is and what the challenges are and um, how to combine other strategies uh, with that um, um, with extinction, and uh, you've talked about um, differential reinforcement, and I want to uh, alert our listeners to the fact that there is an online training um, at, on the autism portal at CDD uh, that is uh, working with challenging behaviors uh, that is a lot about uh, differential reinforcement. Uh, so I would uh, urge you, if you don't know about differential reinforcement, to access that online training. Um, so what else, Yunji, uh, do our listeners need to know about extinction? Uh, when using extinction, we should withhold uh, all reinforcers that have maintained the problem behavior. So it is critical to identify behavior functions of challenging behavior. Also, we should con continuously withhold the reinforcers when the challenging behavior occurs. If we failed to implement extinction on some time and we uh, implement the extinction this time, not that time, then it works 
as intermittent reinforcement. In other words, we unintentionally strengthen the challenging behavior by giving the reinforcer here and there. So this is not good. So when you uh, provide, uh, when you implement extinction, uh, my point is uh, you should uh, consistently uh, implement extinction. And uh, I and I like to emphasize the importance of combining reinforcement with extinction again. We want to decrease challenging behaviors, but we should not stop there. We should teach students appropriate behavior that could replace the challenging behavior as we shared through this podcast. If a student doesn't have appropriate behavior in his or her behavior repertoire, teachers should teach the behavior using some strategies such as verbal instruction, modeling, and or um, physical guidance or some other prompts. Then the teacher should help the student maintain the new behavior, providing reinforcement. So main point is uh, let's teach the appropriate behavior when we uh, use extinction, uh, when you use extinction for challenging behavior. Oh, and I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned um, that you have to teach uh, an appropriate behavior. And because many times we, we think that, uh, you know, students are intentionally using inappropriate behaviors or just behaviors that are going to make us mad when really they don't know how to behave in appropriate ways. They don't know appropriate behaviors to use in certain circumstances. So it's always best to assume uh, that, that students just need to be taught. And uh, if they are using inappropriate behaviors, they need to be taught uh, behaviors that will work uh, just as well as the inappropriate behavior. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that. Um, the other thing you, you had mentioned is that it needs to be implemented so consistently. Uh, extinction needs to be implemented really consistently. And in schools, uh, that's really hard because there are not only um, other teachers, but there are all the, uh, the other kids. And uh, even though you, know, you as the uh, person implementing the instructional strategy may be able to um, um, extinguish a certain behavior, may be able to uh, ignore or not respond to a particular behavior in certain ways. Uh, other people in the school may not be able to do that. And uh, so uh, do you think that that's uh, maybe another good reason to think about uh, using other strategies rather than extinction? Yes, we can use other strategies other than um, other strategies, not extinction in school settings. But uh, if we want to use extinction, then you could include uh, those uh, teachers around the student and uh, implement the intervention uh, in collaboration. Uh, or there is another way of decreasing challenging behavior you rather than focusing on, on the problem behavior, challenging behavior, problem behavior, you focus on uh, what's the expected uh, behavior and uh, reinforce that behavior rather than focusing on ex uh, the problem behavior. And uh, the other way is uh, rather than using extinction, you uh, provide um, reinforcement or the for the challenging behavior, but with uh, less desired uh, items or less preferred items. But when the student shows appropriate behavior, then you provide uh, most preferred, highly preferred items. 
uh, in that way, you uh, just control the uh, quality of the reinforce reinforcers. So you pro actually you provide less preferred or shorter time of uh, access to desired item uh, content, uh, when the student use problem behavior, but you provide highly preferred or longer time to access to preferred items when the student use uh, appropriate behavior. So in that way, you don't have to concern about a consistent implementation of extinction, but you still uh, provide certain different consequence of challenging behavior versus socially appropriate behavior. Wow, that is really, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I think that's something that um, that teachers often forget uh, is that you can use, you can go ahead and reinforce a behavior, but, you know, if, we, if we're thinking about, you know, possibly uh, um, uh, escape, like you were talking about escape from the work, uh, it is possible to provide, uh, to, to allow the child to escape, uh, to take a, a short break, you know, say a 30 second break with nothing to do. Uh, but if they complete maybe one or two problems, they can have a break with something fun to do. And then you can slowly build that up. Is that kind of the thing you're talking about? Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a really great strategy, and it's something that we often forget, and it avoids the problem behavior, uh, but then it does build the student's ability uh, to um, to use a more appropriate behavior or to complete the work. And really, many times with challenging behavior, and we have emphasized this again and again, uh, it, the best thing to do is to implement those antecedent strategies to think about what you can do so that the behavior never happens. And then you really have an opportunity to work on building new behaviors rather than just dealing with problem behaviors. So is there anything else, Yunji, that we need to talk about in using extinction? You've brought up some really good points, and I want to make sure um, our listeners get anything else that you might have to tell them. Uh, if teachers think um, students use uh, challenging behavior to escape from uh, task demands, then uh, I have, uh, you already said antecedent intervention. So as an antecedent intervention, I would recommend the teacher uh, look over the task to see if the uh, level of difficulty is appropriate to this student or um, uh, if there's another way uh, to uh, design this task uh, in a preferred way for the student. So I mean, uh, think about changing your task uh, for uh, to meet the students' uh, support needs, students' preference and interest. So just simply changing the task, task level of difficulty or um, what subjects you use, what topics you use could make difference. Uh, that's that's a great idea. And uh, there is, we also do have a podcast on antecedent strategies. So uh, I hope that you, um, the, our listeners will access that as well. Yunji, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. And thank you for the really good information uh, that, that you have given us. Uh, if our listeners have uh, other questions about implementing extinction procedures or other kinds of behavioral procedures, uh, please contact the 
the school team at the UNM Center for Development and Disability. Yunji, thank you again for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for being uh, with me here.